0: Jake and Tim LaCombe join us now. I mean, when you're the 30th offensive team in the league and, you know, they're missing guys, when they're missing the guys they have, they're in the first percentile of all offenses. They just don't have the firepower to be able to beat the Jazz.
1: Yeah, they. they um, it, it was interesting. You know, they, they had some some good intentions early, but you kind of saw as the game went on the depth disparity, and the um, Jazz really did play uh, a, a much better, more locked-in, detailed team. Uh, forceful second half and um it really found another way like the the offensive rebounds tonight were amazing you just uh you find different buckets to to get your points and you know it seems like um, that's a that's a good one that works for them
0: the magic ended up taking fewer than 20 percent of their shots at the rim tonight
2: I saw, I what saw that. What number did we agree to, though? Well, we I, thought it was 12% I, I. You or actually
0: said you. You're the one, Ron, who said you thought they could be under 20% by the night finished. I thought that was an insane idea. But you were right.
3: You should listen to Ron more, David.
0: God. Well, I listen to him every night. I should agree with him more, is what you're
3: saying. <laughs> I love. By the way, Booter, can I tell you how much I loved you when David said, what are your thoughts? And you said, well, this wasn't. Um, watchable really
1: (laughs) (laughs) jake Jake said jake said he's gonna say it wasn't pretty
3: (laughs) it wasn't pretty i love that the honesty there as you picked your word was great this was not
0: last night was a great basketball game this
3: not as much
0: not as much you know what
1: this this you know right now the jazz being the best team in the west i mean they they really have come upon upon a whole new world and um Sorry, that, I'm just going into your... Yeah.
3: don't steal David's thunder.
1: <laughs> I got him to smile though. Yeah. It's fun having these guys up here. It
3: is. It's so great to have Disney
0: on ice in the background while you're calling an NBA game.
1: It's just here. Let's do it. You start calling the game, and I'll um, I'll do Small World. We'll, well What are they
0: singing right now? Can you hear it?
1: I can just hear pleasantry, but I can't hear. I'm, yeah, I'm you so call locked that into pleasantry.
0: This. I call it hot boiling water and it <laughs> wax in my eyes. <laughs>
3: Hey, they're only here for another month. <laughs> How long are they here? For, honestly, they're they're here for a couple of weeks. I think. Uh, really? What, uh, two and a half? I think so. This is uh, this is Disney on Ice's first shows back since since the pandemic began.
0: Hey, you know what? Don't tell me about Utah being single minded. We are ra- well rounded people. We can be the first people to have a monster truck show.
3: Yes, we can.
0: And we can be the first people to have Disney on Ice. Don't un- don't underestimate our versatility as a
3: state. I agree. Hey, uh, it seems like an appropriate time though to give Jeremy Potter a shout out because you he's guys he's done a great job. Yeah, he app. has done a great job getting you guys set up up in here. And and I'll tell you, Tim and I sit here and listen to the broadcast online, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it. You guys sound great. You should know it. Who's Jeremy, Jeremy Potter? You're, you're
0: missing all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Potter. The problem
1: on. is Boone. I have to introduce myself. I am I didn't wear this beanie. You wouldn't know who I was either.
4: Sorry fellas.
1: That's okay. You either
0: got a golf with Ron or something else that catches
1: attention. The uh, the biggest baller thing Ron said tonight was he said Bugs Bunny was Walt Disney. That <laughs> <laughs> he just has no other interests, okay? Basketball. This guy's a basketball guy. You know, Bugs and Bunny golf. is not his end golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just that that even that lifted you up in baller <laughs> status in my mind. Sorry fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to be sorry Nothing about. Nothing
3: at all. Not All right, fan. have fun talking about Zion, guys. All right, hey, appreciate you both. Great job. <laughs> All right, the Jazz win tonight. They beat the Magic, uh, one twenty four to one oh nine. We're breaking it down. Coming up next, Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Your final jazz uh, beat the Orlando Magic tonight by the count of 124 to 109. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, we'll get you sound from uh, the coach and the players coming up uh, a little bit. But Donovan Mitchell led the way with 31 points, had one heck of a second half. Fierce game 10 of 19, also had six assists and, and four rebounds. Uh, other uh, Jazz players tonight, uh, let's see here. Uh, Rudy with a nice night, 16 points, 16 rebounds for Rudy, two block shots. Uh, let's see here. And uh, no, I'm sorry, 12 points for Rudy Gobert. I apologize. Joe Ingles was 17, getting the start in place for Mike Conley. What would you think tonight, Tim? The Jazz kind of won this one going away from Orlando, and once they kind of buckled in, it wasn't much of a game.
1: Yeah, I, first half I felt like the um, they were there, but, you know, the, the intensity wasn't, what it has been during this stretch, and um, they have been phenomenal. Uh, You know, David talked about it coming out of the third quarter. They've just been great, and um, and that is totally, you know, a coaching thing, being able to go in, uh, get everybody on the same page again, tweak your plan a little bit, and then go out and execute. And the the Jazz have been great coming out of the half uh, and really didn't look back once they got going there in the third quarter. Uh, Move the ball great. Um, You know, I thought the guys – Shared the ball. Everybody was a recipient of uh, a lot of great passing. And um, like David said, you know, everyone but Gobert and um, and Favors had at least four threes, position guys. So that's a uh, that, that's a great thing. The, the three-point shot's really important to this team.
3: Uh, Assist-wise, to your point about moving the basketball, Jazz had 29 assists tonight on 45 made field goals. So pretty good. Led by Joe, seven. Donovan had six. Nice numbers for them. How about Jordan Clarkson with five assists tonight? Jordan Clarkson was great. Um, you know, we,
1: uh, we talked about it the other night. He had a bad night. And, you know, I told you, you got to have a short memory. And there's no doubt that Jordan has that. And, um, you know, he, he did bring, when he came in tonight, he he, he brought a lot of energy and really helped the Jazz kind of move off of uh, just kind of trading baskets and, and kind of get out a little bit of a cushion.
3: As far as Magic go, Vucevic was uh, really good. Um, he was 14 of 26, had 34 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. Uh, let's see. Fournier had 16. Mo Bamba with 11 coming in off the bench. Mo Bamba three of three from three, deadly out there. Uh, and Terrence Ross 10 points coming in off the bench, four rebounds, three assists. Well below his season average. is kind of they were making the the, the Jordan Car- Clarkson comparison uh, coming into the game, and uh, I would say Jordan played uh, uh, much better.
1: Yeah, made played much better and brought uh, a great amount of energy. I, I I'm really surprised watching. You know, in prep watching them and then looking at their shot charts and looking at their analytics, uh, they really do take a lot of threes. The Jazz had, as David mentioned, two long threes. Um, I got to 22 before at the break, and I think I counted them right, but uh, that's what the, the magic shot. So they, they dribble into more twos than any team we've
3: seen all year. Yeah, it seemed like that that, that was the shot that they were going to settle, and that's the shot that they were going to take. You don't see it a whole lot in the NBA anymore.
1: Yeah, and I don't you know, it's interesting cuz Miami's theirs was more kind of direct line right at you, get to the rim, but Orlando doesn't get to the rim. They really do play in that that mid-range and like David said it really is kind of in this day and age it's a it's a really difficult thing to do
3: that and still be competitive. Not really the recipe for victories. No. So uh, now they are missing some guys, but Orlando certainly has a has a lot to figure out. There's no doubt uh, Markel Fultz will not be back this season. And uh, we'll see when Aaron Gordon comes back uh, as he's uh, – what is he? Uh, Tim, we saw, talked about it before the game. Ankle injury, possibly a knee. Hang on, I've got it right in front of me. Not that it matters all that much. Out with an ankle. So he'll miss four to six weeks. So he's got that severe ankle injury. So the Cavalry is not coming back anytime soon for this Magic team.
1: And unfortunately, like Gordon, he's just going to give you more,
3: I guess, mid-range. mid-range.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's Welcome it. to the mid-range. Yeah.
3: That's what they do. Fournier is a nice shooter, but I don't know if they, like David said, had enough firepower to really be be a great offensive team. And, you know, this was probably a good game for the Jazz to get their defensive mojo back. Yeah, and you saw the separation point. Um, you know, you're watching the
1: game, and the team's really they, – that first quarter, you're just trying to figure out what plan they're in. And um, the second quarter, they really did fight, kind of kept that thing close. But uh, as the Jazz really kind of just put the pedal down, there's just – there isn't enough firepower, both from the, the personnel and really kind of the scheme that, you know, the Jazz get hot. There's no way they're going to keep that thing within reach.
3: All right, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast coming your way Monday night, the Jazz take on Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Uh, that game will tip off at 6 o'clock, also an NBA TV game on Monday. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some post game sound for you. We'll continue to break this one down. As well as the Jazz come away with a win over the Magic 124 109, and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Postgame Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim LaCombe with you. Jazz beat the Magic tonight 124 109. Uh, let's get a look at your sharp stats. Of the game brought to you by Les Olson company, Les Olson company, your office technology partner jazz tonight shot 52.9% from the field. They were 17 of 45 from three 37.8%. They were led by Donovan Mitchell's 31 points on 10 of 19 shooting had a huge second half. Jordan Clarkson had 18 coming in off the bench. Joe Ingalls was 17.7 assists. Uh, Rudy Gobert with 12 to go along, 12 points to go along with his 16 rebounds. Rudy also had two block shots. George Niang with 13 coming in off the bench. Derek Favors with 10. Bogdanovich with 10, and Royce O'Neal uh, with seven for the Magic. Uh, Vucevic uh, was the big story, 34 points. The Magic did shoot 41.2 percent from three, but they didn't take very many, 14 of 34. And the Jazz come out with a, a win, going away, Tim.
1: Yeah, and the Jazz, uh, you know, really did find some rhythm on offense in the second half and got their, uh, it really, thanks to their great work on the offensive glass, got their points per possession up um, to one, 129 tonight, um, and you have to go back to, you'd have to go back to Philly on the 15th, uh, would, would be the last time they got that that type of number, they had 131.4 against Philly, so... You like to see that the offense really get in a rhythm um, and I I do believe in that second half it was fueled by stops you know yeah. and they were able to get
3: out and go Yeah especially in that third quarter where Donovan heated up the defense clamped down a little bit and they were able to to pull away and it really wasn't a game after that But and you saw the difference in you
1: know the way that even Donovan attacked the rim yeah. and attacked his defender starting that third quarter I really do believe the way they came out in really played with some force, turned that whole
5: thing.
3: And that's become a habit a little bit of Donovan lately where he hasn't gotten off to the best start, but eventually it clicks in and and he's having some great nights. I mean, over the last month, he's averaging like 28 points a game. And he's ultra aggressive coming out of the locker room in the third, which is awesome. That's what Coach Snyder does. He he makes uh, adjustments and he is great at it. There's no doubt about it. And Donovan... Good at uh, kind of letting the game. I love this cliche, but letting the game come to him and figuring out the best way to attack it.
1: Yeah, and after the you know the Miami game, there was a little more, um, you know, guys kind of trying to do too much on their own, and it was nice to see the ball start to move a little more and guys, you know, making plays for other guys uh, more regularly. That's uh, that's certainly the way the Jazz have been able to be as good as they've been this year.
3: All right, let's get some post-game sound going for you. Let's go back to Orlando and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. All
6: right, we're going to start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Okay.
2: Coach, I was just talking to Donovan, and he was saying this one coming in on a back-to-back, maybe feeling the legs a little bit, but really pushed through there in the second half. What did you see the as the difference in the second half, in particular that third quarter?
5: Well, we're not allowed to be tired, for one thing. And you know that mindset. I think um, the way we started the game, we weren't we weren't pushing the ball as much as we wanted to, and we didn't get um, some of the catch and shoot threes. I think we just continued to to commit to that. Um, a lot of the things you know that we've talked about doing, um, we were doing, and that that's you know it starts always with getting stops. But I felt like the ball really started to get up the court quickly, and it was moving. And when the ball's moving, that's, that's when we're, you know, a good team.
6: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. I and
7: mean, other than Orlando's, you know, kind of out of character three point shooting tonight, it seemed like it was a pretty solid defensive effort um, from you guys tonight. Were you happy with the way that, that the defense played tonight, especially on the second night of a
5: back-to-back? We had a couple, you know, breakdown situations in the half court. It's, it's, you know, Vucevic in, in pick and roll, you know, for our bigs, playing someone that pops and shoots it that well, you know, that that's something. You know, if we can get a late switch on that, I thought we didn't close out quite like we needed to. But, you know, I thought collectively, you know, we really rebounded the ball well too, which was good to see. But, you know, the main thing was to try to make him work. And, you know, he's a really good player. You know, I know that situation. Some of that's just, you know, our guys talking to each other and, and figuring those things out. Um, on the fly when they're making, you know, subtle adjustments to how they're guarding something um, as opposed to anything significant. So um, I did think we defended well. And, um, you know, I thought, we, you know, again, on the defensive, defensive glass, Fave and Rudy were t- terrific. Alex
6: Blumling, Florida Sun.
4: Coach, the three-point shooting was okay tonight, 37.8%. Um, they played great defense, but 25 25- Second chance points. Do you think that was the difference in the game tonight?
5: Well, that that's you know that's something that, that is important to us, and particularly um, with some of our perimeter players, I thought there were some real, some momentum plays. Um, you know, when it, it, when the team plays good defense and gets a stop, if you can come in and you know get a hand on the ball and, and get another possession, you know that possession game you know is really important. And usually those shots off the offensive glass. Um, I thought we converted well tonight with, with the second chance points, like you said. So um, usually if we're taking shots that, you know, everybody anticipates, you know, you've got a chance to rebound.
2: Andy Larson, Salt
4: Lake Tribune. When Without Mike, you guys don't really have a traditional point guard in a sense. Obviously there's Donovan and Joe and Jordan, but not like the traditional point guard you may have seen 10, 15 years ago. Do you feel like the league has changed so that, you know, just that you don't have that emphasis anymore? Or how would, how do you kind of view that? Cause you know, it's, it's kind of unusual to see a, a team play no point guard as much as you did.
5: Well, I, you know, I, I do think that there's been an evolution, you know, in the game. And some of it has to do with, you know, the spacing on the floor and the way people are playing there. There isn't as much kind of, half-court basketball where, you you know, you have a, a quarterback, so to speak, that just kind of gets you into everything and calls the plays. And um, in this case, I, I think, you know, I, I've said it before, Andy, you've heard me say just the, the concept of having a backcourt. Um, and in our case, to me, it's um, take it one step further, and it's really playmakers, you know. And when you see J.C., I think J.C. had five assists tonight, and that, that's something we didn't see um, last night. I thought Joe pushed the ball. And this, to me, you know, while we're, we're on it, I thought this is one of Donovan's best games of the year. Um, you know, he, he I don't know what he was at half, maybe five points or something like that. You know, he wasn't shooting the ball great, but um, I thought he didn't, he, he, kept, he kept playing efficiently. And, you know, as the game progressed, you know, his stuff opened up and he really picked his spot. So, we, we, the leadership component I think we get from a number of people um, and we get the playmaking from a number of people and if we can have those things and everybody, you know, plays within themselves, so to speak, um, I still I still think, you know, we've got Donovan who can play the point and Mike who can play the point and Joe's played it some. The, the good thing for our group is those guys are comfortable, you know, and willing to, to get off the ball as well and, and still be effective, so.
6: All right, that's it. Thank
3: you, okay. Coach. All right, there you go, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Um, and uh, anything jump out to you there, Coach McCom? Just, you know, he talked about offensive
1: rebounding, how it's important, and they didn't do a great job in Miami of going. You know, he made the point in the postgame that uh, Miami repeatedly sent couple guys at, at Rudy, which left open guys to go to the rim, and uh, that was certainly a point of emphasis. And in my mind, that's really the – if you were to take one thing that really kind of um, – Gave the Jazz the edge tonight. It was their uh, their relentless offensive rebounding, getting points from that.
3: Seems like a good time to do the Master of the Glass, and we'll talk about rebounding as a whole here. But Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. I'm proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound uh, team rebound leader. Rudy is your master of the glass, as usual. 16 rebounds for Rudy tonight to go along with his uh, 12 points. But uh, Royce O'Neal tonight had 10 rebounds, Tim, and he had four of the Jazz total, 10 offensive rebounds, and the Jazz out-rebounded uh, Orlando 52-37, to just smashed him on the glass.
1: Absolutely smashed him on the glass, and that's the way the Jazz should rebound the ball. Um, You know, sometimes you got to get refreshers and it's not as though Miami wasn't a physical test, but the Jazz definitely tonight made rebounding a priority. We talked about it in the pregame, but it is an advantage they're going to have most nights if they use it. And uh, the offensive rebounding has been a real pleasant surprise, almost as much a surprise this year as the, the utilization of more threes. You know, those two things together have really caused the Jazz to be that much more efficient. Go where
3: love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final score tonight from Orlando. Jazz beat the Magic 124-109. They moved to 27-7 and on the season. We'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up next. here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight in Orlando 124 to 109. Let's get a look at uh, your three point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Uh, tonight the Jazz were 17 of 45 from three, 37.8%. Uh, They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who was 5-of-8, red-hot. Joe Ingles, 3-of-8 tonight. George Niang, 3-for-5, coming in off the bench. Jordan Clarkson, 2-for-9. Mie One, 2-for-4. Bogdanovich, 1-for-6. And Royce O'Neal was 1-for-4. Jazz still had their attempts. You know, it's a number we keep an eye on each and every night. Maybe they didn't hit their 40% mark we're so used to uh, tonight, but still got those attempts up at 45 and certainly making almost 38 of them is not bad.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things you know that we watch. It's a barometer. Um, we're, we're used to them getting at least forty threes up, and they're and they're doing that most nights. And uh, I love the let it fly attitude, and I love that it's multiple guys. You know, you went through the the list of attempts, and so the ball's moving around. That tells you that guys are sharing it, really unselfish. You know, um, and that, that's that's a great way for the Jazz to be really successful. And, um, you know, th- that was a big differentiator tonight against the the Magic.
3: You never really worry about attempts from Donovan Mitchell or Jordan Clarkson, say. You know, Bogdanovich, he was one of six tonight. He usually gets at least, you know, six to eight up every night. But I love seeing Joe Ingles' attempts at eight. We saw him at 10 the other night. Um, who was that against? I think it was against the Lakers where he had 10 attempts, right? Uh, love to see those attempts high for Joe because sometimes – and sometimes the criticism is legit uh, that uh, he passes on some open shots and – Get those attempts up. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and you want him shooting it, maybe not as much as possible, but you certainly don't want him uh, passing up open looks.
1: No, he and he's, um you know, I feel like he's actually this year really kind of gotten beyond that. Um, You know, the guy that pump fakes a lot and and leaves kind of some shots on the tables. Our guy Royce, you know, as for as good as he shoots it, but I, I guess that's the teammate the teammate in him. He's always trying to figure out how to get somebody else's shot, but. I thought a couple of times tonight, you know, he maybe overpassed it a couple of times.
3: I feel like uh, Bogdanovich also has that side dribble and then shoots. And he made one of those tonight. He did make one of those tonight, but sometimes I feel like he passes up the open one to take that side dribble.
1: And and I wonder, because he does it, you know, he'd step left and right. Tonight he stepped right. And, yeah. and he seems to be, you know, that would probably make sense if you're right-handed, you're stepping into it. So, yeah. <laughs> it's science. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess, you know, except for Mike Conley who – is deadly with both hands. Well, and then Joe's a lefty. Yeah, Joe's a
3: lefty. Yeah, Mike is good with both hands, though. Yeah, he can. He? That's yeah. why he won that horse tournament before the bubble last year. Of course, he was just go just to magic. the opposite hand. Yeah. All right, let's get some post-game sound for you. Uh, let's go back to Orlando, uh, where Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media.
6: We'll get started with a question from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Good. Hey, Don, I know that we've talked a little bit about it after Quinn was named the all-star coach, but what can you say just about what it's been like over, you know, your four years with him and how much you've seen him change as a coach and how much you think he really deserves
8: it? Um, You know, the biggest thing with Coach, man, is he's a player's coach, you know, and people say that, and I think a lot of people say that about coaches or whatever, but I think for him, he's I've said this before. He's a, he's a great coach, but even better person. You know, I think he relates to his players. You know, he, he, he loses. People say he lose yourself in the game. He kind of invests himself and loses himself in any, each individual player. Um, I don't, I don't think he, you know, kind of goes out there and just keeps his attention on the main guys or whatever. Like he one through 15, like he's having moments or teachable moments, life moments. Um, you know, and I think that's one thing that I, I, I definitely appreciate. You know, we've had conversations about life, not even basketball. And I think that just helps you in a firm of mind as a player, understand that, you know, this is a game, but like at the end of the day, life is life, you know, and that helps you, helps build that connection, you know, and not just with myself, but with the entire team. And then as far as, you know, basketball goes, you know, he's one of the wizards of basketball. He, he's he's thinking about it 24 seven. He's thinking about how to be perfect. You know, and I think that's something that you see in our team, um, just finding ways to continue to elevate our game and be, and be better and be perfect uh, that's a reflection of him, you know, obviously we go out there and do it, but you know, it starts with him, you know, even tonight, you know, we were up by, what was it? 18, 16. And he's still like, we've got to guard this better. We've got to guard that better. And I think that's, that's, that's the type of coach you want to play for someone who's not, you know, satisfied, you know, and you know, if he, if, if, it wasn't national news about him winning, you know, or being coached in the All-Star game, you'd never know. I think that's the best part about it. He's humble. Um, he's a great person and you know, I'm happy to play for a coach like that.
6: Eric Walden,
7: Salt Lake Tribune. Don, you get 25 of your points in the second half. You guys as a team score 70 after halftime. Quinn said that he thought this was one of your best games of the season just because you continued to kind of find individual moments and, and take advantage of them. What was kind of the key to getting things so turned around after the break?
8: Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing um, is just, you know, find out how they guarded me. You know, I had a few lapses, you know, in the first half, a few error, bad shots, you know, and then kind of saying, okay, this is how, this is what I see. Um, it wasn't about making a mission, It was just about what I was seeing, the coverages. You know, I feel, I thought they were going to be in the drop coverage and they blitzed, so I kind of took it by surprise. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like I said before this, I've seen pretty much every coverage, and now it's about adjusting, not just for myself to score, but getting guys involved, finding ways to make the simple play and, you know, for me, that's really when I came in into halftime, just went out there and just tried to find ways to just make the right play each time. Um, and I think that was the biggest adjustment going into halftime. And, you know, I think every, everything else kind of took care of itself.
6: And Anderson, KSL Sports.com.
7: Donovan, along those lines, you didn't really start the game out as an initiator, but then you really closed the game kind of with the ball on your hands and, and running the show. Is that by design? Is that matchup? What, what,
8: goes
3: into that decision-making?
8: I think, you know, a lot of it is kind of both, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, I think Joe and Rudy have a great connection, you know, to start games in the pick and roll, you know, so kind of seeing how, you know, Joe's really good at finding him, you know, I would say much better than I am, you know, as far as getting the pick and roll. So kind of getting Rudy easy ones, getting Joe easy ones, trying to, you know, facilitate, also pick my spots as well. Um, And then, you know, try to insert my my scoring in, in, in different ways. Um, but, you know, as far as, as far as playing off the ball, I do the same thing with Mike, you know, Mike's a tremendous playmaker as well. So just trying to find ways to insert myself in, in different areas. And also, like I said, just find ways and how that guarded me, see it, you know, see it again, see it again, and then kind of attack it, you know, when need be. Um, and I think tonight, you know, it was just similar, you know, ways like that, watching Joe, watching Rudy, getting JC going early. I think he had like 11 or 12 at half. You know, I think those are, those, that was huge, you know, and then trying to, trying to integrate Boyan as well, trying to find ways to get everybody involved and then kind of go out there. And, you know, it's crazy Good on the list about who you can get involved. It's crazy how many options we have, but um, I think that's that's really where my focus was at, you know, and just kind of gauging and reading the game from there.
6: Alex Fleming Florida Sun.
4: Mr. Mitchell, you had six points at the half and like the gentleman spoke of earlier, you exploded in the second half. Um, I believe you should have been rookie of the year, but that's just my personal opinion. So I guess my question is how do you push past the criticism when commentators and Shaquille O'Neal have something smart to say, but you know what your true quality and depth is?
8: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I have my own motivation coming in each year. You know, I think personally, I prefer to hear negative things than positive. You know, I think there's always room to grow. I think that for me, that's just been my, I've always been the underdog and, always, you know, been overlooked. So this isn't nothing new for me. Um, I think that's really what it is. You know, for me, I don't really need anybody else to kind of tell me what I need to do or, you know, what I should be doing. You know, and I think at the end of the day, like I'm just trying to be the, oh boy, here comes Joe. (laughs) Oh boy. They were asking about, um, can you repeat your question again so he can hear it? He'll give you a great answer.
4: Okay. Um, how do you push past the criticism and the stark remarks, whether it be from Shaquille O'Neal or other commentators that believe that you can't get the job done?
9: You don't want me me to answer this question. You guys won't be able to report it because it would be an explicit
8: language and you guys will get in trouble. Um, you done. Okay. Um, but yeah, just basically playing for my teammates, you know, at the end of the day, just playing. Like I said, the only opinions I care about are the guys in the locker room. You can say whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to find ways. I don't to think better. you're a superstar. That's fair. You know, <laughs> <definitely, yeah. laughs> but no, I think that's really what it is for me, just trying to find ways to improve myself. Um, I don't really need anybody else to tell me what I need to do or what not to do, but I fair Your styling
9: going into the game has improved.
8: I think so. I think I should She's be doing a great uh, job. Link right. What's that um, name? Callie At Callie Yeah. That's one thing I'm definitely a thing I'm improving in is the, the pre-game, threat, pre-game fits. That's you pre-game fits. Um, but no, in the real life, just trying to find ways to better myself each year. Um, I don't really need anybody to tell me what I should or shouldn't do. I understand that's the nature of the game we're in. Um, and that's really it for me.
6: All right. Thank you, Donovan. I appreciate your time.
3: <laughs> There's Donovan Mitchell. Little guest appearance uh, by Joe Ingalls. We'll hear more from Joe coming up here momentarily. But you know, I, Tim, I, I get subtle reminders out uh, all the time that I'm getting older and how out of touch I am. Is that what we're calling pregame outfits now? Fits. Fits. Is that fits? Yeah, I got is that. A, a thing. I'm looking a teenager, at, uh, so I know. So you know the the lingo. We're looking at Alex, uh, our producer, who's significantly younger than us. Fits is a thing. How out of touch am I on this one? Fits is a thing. Yeah, it's, it's been it's a thing for a while. Like, I mean, I don't use it. Okay. Ever, but I, I'm familiar enough with it that when people say, oh, yeah, I got a new like summer fit. That's that's, that's what, what it, that's what it's talking about. Not not like fit, like getting in shape, but like an outfit. OK, <laughs> well, anyway, there you go. Apparently Donovan's uh, fit game pregame has been on point.
1: Yeah, and when uh, Joe comes into any interview, the interview goes to hell. I mean, let's just face
3: it. That's just, that's just what, that's just what he does. I did find that interesting though, the where Donovan pretty much said I I come into every season with my own motivation. And if anything, I'd rather hear negative reinforcement as opposed to positive. And
1: he really has. I mean, he's a guy who, he, he was obviously really good coming out of high school, um, but he wasn't on that, you know, really high radar and what, everything he's done, he definitely has earned, but, um, I think he, his greatest asset is his understanding, and his mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that that is really that is the differentiator between a lot of these guys who are who are great players, but it, it really helps them take that next step.
3: Donovan finished tonight thirty-one points, ten of nineteen shooting, five of eight from three. Had six assists, four rebounds. Twenty-five of those thirty-one points coming in the second half. Great game. Uh, tonight for Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to Orlando now. Let's hear from Joe Ingles.
2: Joe, this is Donovan's eleventh time in his career to go for 20, twenty-five or more points in the second half alone. What is it like to see Donovan explode like he does in the second half?
9: Uh, it's really hard when he plays that selfishly. Um, he doesn't pass the ball, and um, no, I mean I, I didn't even I mean, I would never know that stat, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I don't even know. I mean, we, we ex- kind of expect him to do that, I guess. it's um, we, we want him to be aggressive. We obviously, at, at a lot of the time in the game, we're, we're going to be running plays for him, obviously down in crunch time. We, we know in, in a close game or, or if we need a bucket, we're going to him. So he's got to keep that aggressive mentality all night, um, regardless how we play. I think he sees... A ton of different coverages and um, he, he's done a hell of a job at uh, reading the, the, the coverage at the start of the game or if they change it at halftime or whatever and adjusting um, and obviously making plays for his for his teammates. So, um, yeah, he's a superstar.
6: Sarah <laughs> Todd, Deseret News. Joe, Quinn is a, a pretty intense guy on the sidelines and uh, I'm wondering are you looking forward to him being able to coach the all-star game, maybe let loose a little bit and not have sort of the, the pressure of the game behind him?
9: I mean, he'll probably have a tape practice with him on shoot around. (laughs) Who knows what he'll do.
10: Um,
9: No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it would be a hell of an experience for him. Um, I think uh, I, I, I texted him a couple of days after we found out and just, um, he kind of thanks us and thinks it's obviously we, we play a part of it. Um, but I think as you guys know, and everyone that's been, I don't know how many people are on here, but from his first year and um, where we were, I think we won 25 games the first year and, and to build it into to what it is now. And um, a, a lot of that is him. Like we, we can go out and shoot threes and play basketball and, do the scout and do all that, but but the, the goal and, and the dedication and, and all the, the time and effort that he, he's put in over, oh, it's like six and a half years or whatever it is now, um, is impressive. And he, as you guys know, hasn't taken his foot off the gas from day one. And um, yeah, it, it will be, like you said, a, a really cool experience for him to obviously coach a, a hell of a team with some pretty good players. And hopefully he just enjoys it because he's going to get back and start yelling at us when he gets back. So hopefully, uh, hopefully enjoys it because he, he does deserve it. And I think um, it, it shouldn't be taken lightly how much um, influence he's had on this, this organization since coming in. So um, yeah, I don't want to sound proud of him because he's my coach, but uh I'm kind of proud of him.
6: <laughs> Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: Hey Joe. So uh, Quinn was asked early on if, if the slow start could be attributed to you guys being tired on the second night of a back-to-back, and he said that no one was allowed to be tired. Um, <laughs> just wondering, were you guys actually tired with it being the second night of a back-to-back? And, and I, was, did you guys
9: I don't care get- what he said. I was tired. Um, I think it's it, a lot of those situations with the scheduling, and I mean, we did get in it. 3 a.m. or whatever time it was, it was, it was reasonably late, and then obviously with, with the, the COVID protocols and all that, we had to get up to test and got a meeting in and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, you, you the schedule is what it is. Like, every team's going through it. We're not the only team that's playing back-to-backs or flights getting in late or, or whatever it is, so um, you can probably tell by my eyes how glassy they are. Um, I was tired this morning when we, when we first woke up, but obviously also with the, the, the COVID stuff, we, we, we didn't have shoot, not that we would have shoot around a back to back, but a lot, a lot less shoot arounds this year and stuff like that. So we, we are getting tired to rest. And, and like he said, I, I think it's more of a mentality of, um, of not using it as an, uh, as an excuse, just, uh, we, we've all, I mean, I'm sure you guys will all been, you're all like tired going to work one day or you've had a late night or the kids keep like what there's so many situations. Uh, um, I'm used to being a little bit tired, so it was all good. Um, But, yeah, we just go into it and try not to use that as an excuse. I think if you start talking about it and thinking about it, then you automatically are going to come out a bit slower and a step behind. So, um, we did that, but we were able to overcome it.
6: (laughs) John Dutton, AP.
7: Joe, you guys are seven and zero this season. When you start at point guard, what what is your how does your mindset change when you uh, when you're in there at, as a starting
9: point guard? And play some mic. Um I don't actually know if I do start at point guard. I think it's Donovan, but whatever position I start at, um, yeah, I mean I don't try and do anything different. Obviously, I I start the biggest difference is, is obviously being out there at the start and then splitting kind of minutes with with Donovan at the point. Um, I try to play the same game. Obviously, I, I realise I'm going to have the ball a little bit more in certain situations and um, obviously just kind of being the, that kind of second point guard when Donovan goes out, um, I'm automatically going to have the ball. So uh, a bit more responsibility, I think, on me, especially the last couple of games, um, just, just trying to get like like George didn't have a shot last game. We can't have George not getting a shot. Um, so so making sure I'm I'm getting guys involved and getting guys in the right spot. And I think in that second quarter, we had a bit of a slow patch and that was kind of my fault. I ran a couple shitty plays and um, kind of came into a timeout. We came back and we were able to execute. So um, I don't, I honestly, I don't go into the game thinking any different. I, I just know obviously that with Mike being out and, and how big a part of the team he is for us, um, I'm going to have the ball a bit more and be a little bit more aggressive at times. But, um, Not a, not a huge mentality change, honestly. Thank you.
2: Alex
6: Fleming, Florida Sun. How many questions I got? In football,
4: they would call this swagger, but you guys look real comfortable on the basketball court. Mediocre day from three and you still hit 37.8%. You didn't have Mike Conley tonight. At full strength, how dangerous can this team be?
9: I mean, if you've you've watched our games, I think you would have seen it. I think we, We've had games where we're all rolling, we're all shooting well. Rudy's on the rim, which is obviously dangerous. Fave fav rolling, getting the half roll, like everyone's shooting, um, not not overthinking. Um, I think we we sometimes we <laughs> almost overplay being unselfish because we, we move the ball so well and trying to find a better and better and better shot. And sometimes we we end up turning it over or not getting a great shot because we, we do obviously play unselfish and we've got a a group that does that. But um, yeah, I mean, we've been together a long time. Um, You throw fade back in, like we said, obviously having JC now and a healthy Mike and and stuff like that. um, It's kind of, I guess what we envisioned last year a little bit. Um, We we couldn't get healthy and and we're we're a little over the place, but um, yeah, I think we just, we are comfortable. Like you said, we're comfortable with each other. We know what we're running. We know at crunch time where we're going. We know um, we, we know what we want to do. And, and uh, I think that that, that comfortableness for, for the group makes it very easy to play. And you can kind of play, play freely. We, we we move, like I said, we move the ball, someone's got a shot and nobody's worried about who, who's taking the shots or who's scoring or, or whatever it is. So um, it, it's a fun way to play.
6: All right, you're done. Thank you, Joe.
3: There you go, Joe Ingles uh, giving some post-game comments. Only had to dump him once. I guess that's that's nice. Uh, I thought it was interesting what he was talking about with him filling in for Mike Conley. And actually through two interviews now, I think the the jazz definition of point guard and the media-slash-traditional de- definition of point guard are not the same. Now the game's passed that whole thing by. I think so, right? too. We're that's why I always cringe a little bit when I hear those point guard questions.
1: Yeah. I, I would say in, there's no doubt that you're the point guard in this group, though. Constant assists and thinking of the team, Jake. You're the you're <laughs> the point you guard do. here. This is we not a positionless that. broadcast.
3: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you're here for
1: the analysis. You're done right. I'm here I mean, for the analysis. But yeah. but you have to set me up so I can just lay it in.
3: That's that's what I'm trying to do. You know. But uh, there you go. You heard Joe talking about getting everybody going. I also found it interesting that he mentioned George Niang didn't get a shot last game. And that's something he obviously pays attention to. You know, feels like George is good enough to help the team that you can't have games go by where he doesn't get a shot. Yeah, it's it's actually a great point. Um, You see that tonight
1: when guys are out there and everybody's a weapon. It just makes spacing all the better.
3: All right, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you more player sound coming up right around the corner. Your final from Orlando, Jazz Beat the Magic, 124-109, to 109, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight, 124-109. We will get you more post-games now coming up here momentarily, but it's time for your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro. Uh, Serta Pro Painters, call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight, points in the paint. Jazz and magic tied with 48 apiece for points in the paint. Which is probably a pretty good feat considering the Magic best play uh, uh, their best player is uh, uh, Vuj- uh, How am I pronouncing this? Vujicic. Vujicic. Vuch. I, Vuch-a, uh, I was pronouncing it wrong until so was I. midway through the first quarter. So I've got to practice on, on getting it right. It's not Vucevic, I, And
1: his, his nickname is Vuc It's Vuc So it just so. makes sense. Vujicicic.
3: But now I have to program that into my brain because I've been saying it wrong for so long. Uh, but, uh, you know, he takes 26 shots. You know, a bunch of those are going to be in the paint.
1: Yeah, they... they um, interesting. David talked about it, but they they shot 19% of their shots at the rim in comparison to the Jazz 29. Um, and the Jazz didn't really get to the rim as much as they, they typically do tonight, uh, uh, you know, tonight is the rest of the year. Um, but the, the mid-range... Forty-six percent of their shots came from the mid-range. Mm, it's just such a high number. Yep, forty-six to the Jazz, twenty-one. Mm. So anyway, it's my new I. Yeah, I, I invested in cleaning the glass.
3: And a little. Uh, so I've got like a deep new crystal toy. Yeah.
1: yeah, I I don't know quite how to use it. I need David to give me a lesson.
3: That's uh, that's Locke's wheelhouse right there. Oh, he's there, man. unbelievable. He'd, he'd take you through uh, every bit of that website. I'm yeah, sure. I tore it apart today, though. It's been it's really cool to watch. And and
1: they actually during the games you see updates, so kind of see as the game goes on what's impacting it.
3: You know. All right, let's uh, let's go back to Orlando. Let's now uh, have a chance to hear from one Rudy Gobert.
6: We'll get started with Christine Kenny whenever you're ready.
2: Rudy, so Donovan uh, with the 25 points in the second half, I mean, he's done that numerous times. What stands out about the way that he starts these second halves?
10: I think he did a great job, you know, uh, being a playmaker, especially in the first half, uh, not forcing, you know, finding his teammates. And uh, and then when it was time to to be in attack mode, he, he attacked and, you know, he was very efficient. Uh, and, you know, that's, when it does that, it takes on team to, uh, to another level. And, you know, he did a great job doing that today.
6: Eric Walden, Salt
10: Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So
7: Quinn said early on that you guys, the thing he learned about tonight is you guys are not allowed to be tired. Joe says, I don't care what he says. I, I, I was definitely tired. How much did you guys have to kind of dig deep to, to overcome that slow start and, and
10: find some energy as the game went along? personally, I was tired early, and then I felt better and better. Uh, you know some games, you know some games you, you're not gonna have the legs, but uh, in those games we have to make sure that we have our heads and we have to make sure that we communicate even more, that we are you know uh, moving the ball even more and uh, and we have a, a deep enough team to you know to still play a very high level of basketball on both ends when we do so. You know, uh, I think, like I said, you know, I think you did a great job in the first half, you know, uh, moving the ball and, and then we I still felt like we, we put our energy on defense. And when we do that, you know, regardless of if we're tired or if we're not tired, uh, we're going to be in a position to beat anybody every, any night, on any given night.
6: Sarah Todd, right News. Rudy, you've often said that you wouldn't be where you are without Quinn as your coach. and um, I'm just c- sort of wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit. What is it maybe that makes you say that? What maybe specifically?
10: I mean, uh, I could talk about it for a long time. For, you know, there's a lot of things to say, but uh, the main thing is, first of all, he believed in me. Uh, you know, when he got here, before that I wasn't playing. Uh, when he got here, he gave me a chance you know, uh uh you know, he, he trusted me, put me on the court, and uh and uh along that, that that season, which was my second season, you know, uh he trusted me more and more and more and you know I went from being a backup, I mean from being a G League to being a backup and and uh to being a starter, starting center and you know, and it started from there and then you know uh just you know building uh you know year after year, uh, getting better year after year, uh, you know, through the ups and downs. You know, I think uh, when you have that kind of connection with your coach and you've been through uh, all those years with your coach, you know, it's a it's a it's a bond that I think is uh is very strong. And, you know, when hopefully we win a championship uh, very soon. Uh, you know, that, that that journey and that story is going to be that it be pretty cool to, you know, to, to look at.
6: Okay, thanks, Rudy. That's all the time we have.
3: That was the one and only Rudy Gobert, who was just so consistently good. Uh, 12 points tonight from Rudy on 6 of 6 shooting. How about that? 16 rebounds, 3 assists. He had a steal and 2 blocks as well as uh, just consistently good. You know, a game like that's hard for
1: him because two, two things. Obviously, the pick-pop aspect of it. So it... it makes his job more difficult and really um, makes the communication between the big and the guard, all that more important. Uh, The second thing is as good as they are in mid range and the jazz coverage is Rudy dropping off. And so really what you're, you're giving those guys is a, an opportunity, you know, and space to get into that mid range. And what you're betting on is what we saw tonight, that they're not going to make enough of those shots for it to be impactful and that Rudy will impact, impact those shots late. So, um, his ability in a game like that to still really impact the game, because it's not one you know that with him having to always worry about where Vooch is uh, on the floor,
3: th- that makes it even more special. But you're right, Rudy was just uh, he was great all the way around. Found that interesting when uh, well, Joe was asked about being tired from the second night of a back to back, where where Quinn instructed them not to be tired, and <laughs> Joe was like, "Yeah, I was tired." I thought Rudy's answer was interesting. He said, "I was tired at the beginning." but then got into his flow a little bit.
1: Yeah, and that, that's interesting. And it's, I love to hear stuff like that because you always wonder how that works. But, um, you know, in, with, my, with my very, very small knowledge of working out, um, especially nowadays, uh, you know, I still have those times where when I go run, you know, you feel like you could run all day. And other times you want to just absolutely stop right when you start. But if you push through that first little barrier, but it's interesting that a high level athlete like that same kind of things happen for
3: him yeah no doubt and maybe that was uh, part of the reason for the jazz getting off to somewhat of a slow start I mean they they outscored Orlando in the first quarter 22 to 21 but it certainly wasn't uh <laughs> energetic basketball how about that yeah it was just um I don't know it, like I said it was more like
1: discombobulated on both sides um and, and you kind of expect that with Orlando but we've also been pretty spoiled because the jazz during that major, during this major run they've been on, for the most
3: part, have started games pretty hot. Yep. All right, let's get to our uh, stat nuggets of the night with our friend uh, Tyson Ewing. Tyson does uh, stats for the television broadcast on at t Sportsnet, and then he sends us a few nuggets after every game. You can follow him on Twitter at tyewing2 at t y e w i n g two on Twitter. All right, you ready to roll, there, Tim? I'm ready. My seatbelt is on. Here we go. Streaky offense. Jazz started. The game, 18 of 43, 42%. Closed the game, 29 of 42 for 69%. Yeah, Donovan was a
1: huge part of that closing, right? Um, Big time. Big, big, big time. So, um, yeah, that is interesting. But spurts, we talk about that a lot. You know, the Jazz have those opportunities to go on spurts.
3: On that note, they scored on 34 of their final 51 possessions. Pretty efficient. And would speak to why their points per possession were so good. Uh, This was Donovan's 10th time going for 30-plus games in back-to-back games. It's the first time he's done that this season, which is a little bit of a surprise, I thought. Uh, This was Donovan's 11th time in his career going for 25-plus and a half. All 11 have been in the second half. He's a very good second-half player, and that's actually a good thing to have. Yeah, that says a lot, right? Done it 11 times, and they're all in the second half. And he's had some good starts to games, too, but I think that says a lot about his closing. But I also believe, too, that
1: he's so unselfish in the beginning that he understands, hey, like Royce always gets a couple of shots early in a game because everybody's shading toward, you know, the other guys on the scouting report. So
3: he's smart enough to understand that. To get guys going. And he actually talked about that in his uh, post-game press conference tonight. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had six assists tonight. The Jazz are 55-12 and 12 when he finishes with six or more assists with a winning percentage of 82.1%. Okay, I'm writing that down here to put on our list. Six or more Clarkson assists. Clarkson did get his five. He did, his four. Or four, four re- rebounds. Four Sorry, rebounds. that's what I meant. Yeah. In fact, uh, here we go. Let's get to some Clarkson stats here. Jordan Clarkson finished with 18.6 boards and five assists this is just the third time as a Jazz man where he's had at least five assists and five rebounds in the same game. And to his four-rebound number, the Jazz are now 31-3. When he has four-plus rebounds, they've won 16 consecutive of those. And they're 18-4 when he has three-plus assists. They are now 13-0 and 0 when he has four-plus rebounds and three-plus assists. The Clarkson...
1: I'm trying to think of the word, the Clarkson method for just determining whether the Jazz are going to win. And, hey, he got a shout-out from Coach Snyder
3: on his five assists. He I did. love it how whenever he has a big assist game, everybody points it out. <laughs> but,
1: I, but I would almost bet, too, because Jordan, he he was one of the guys who really got caught dribbling too much and holding the ball too yes. much. I would imagine there was probably some reinforcement of that in, in the interim. And, you know, this is the result, which is always good because – Coach is going to tell you and if a
3: player can either do it or not. And, right. And Jordan did a good job of that. All right. This is Royce O'Neill's seventh game with 10 or more rebounds this season. He had nine games with 10 or more re, uh, rebounds before the season started. So that's pretty interesting. That's a new kind of a a new role. Royce gets those boards, man. Board man gets paid. Board man gets paid. Yeah. Uh, this is now the 13th time this season where they have out-rebounded their opponent by double figures. Again, they just had 16 of those all last year. And
1: tonight's, like I mentioned, the the, the Orlando, Orlando hasn't been great at a lot, but they have been good at getting the, the de- defensive rebound. And, um, you know, for the Jazz to make a concerted effort to make that part of the game plan, execute it, and then really punish them that way, yeah.
3: um, they, they used a strength. You know, that was a strength of Orlando's, and they made it a weakness. All right, uh Utah the Jazz started 0 for 6 from the free throw line tonight. They finished going 17 of 24 while hitting their final 13. Rudy was 0 for 4 tonight. I'll leave it. There. I'll just He was 7 for 7 the other night. He was. So oh. He was perfect last night, so we'll get over it. Uh now to Orlando. Here we go. This was Terrence Ross's third worst shooting game of his career when attempting 15 or more shots. He's shot 15 or more 81 times in his career. Yeah, our, I liked our option at, of a Jordan Clarkson better than theirs tonight. I would probably
1: choose Clarkson.
3: It is it is random. This isn't quite to, uh, you know, what we saw uh, against uh, against Atlanta. But uh, it it's interesting when these uh, big offensive performers have their some of the worst nights of their career against the Jazz defense. Now, it doesn't always happen. Trey Young, by the way. Sorry, I left out his right. name. And Trey Young only had three points. I mean, you know, we've seen some career efforts from, say, Nikola Jokic, say. But it does seem like sometimes you get a, play, a player like Terrence Rossi, who's been playing great, and he goes up against this Jazz defense, and he struggles. Four of 16, 10 points.
1: Yeah, and really, really, it could be as simple as he loves the mid range, he loves the floater, and really, really does affect that shot
3: a lot. Yeah, you don't want to. That's uh, not the best You're shot. Trying to, it, to so. float it over him is difficult. It is difficult. All right, there you go. That's our, our stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing. Again, his uh, Twitter handle, at Ty Ewing, to Give him a follow. He is great. All right, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 124 to 109 is your final. Jazz beat the magic. We'll get uh, Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one before we look ahead to Zion Williamson and the Pelicans on Monday night. It's all straight ahead here on the jazz radio network. Clarkson has it.
0: Clarkson attacking gets pulled out by Carter. Williams a long. Good defensive player. Oh, he gets faked out here, falls to the ground and Clarkson just underhand scoops it up and in. And Michael Carter Williams has no shoes. No shirt and no service.
3: There you go. That was our guy, David Locke, with the play of the game right there. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for Service, Sales, and Selection. LHMAuto.com, driven by you. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz win tonight 124 to 109. Good selection right there by Lundy on the play of the game. Uh, And Locke did a great job with the call. But that that play was really something else. Michael Carter-Williams goes flying after Jordan works his magic with a spin move. But the thing is, is I think Jordan, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Coach, because you would know better than me, I think Jordan was uh, expecting Vucevic to step in to contest his shot, which he did not. And so all of a sudden, Jordan Clarkson is like, wait a minute. <laughs> and okay. they kind of had to flick it up with the with the right hand because he didn't realize he was going to be that wide open. That's
1: like hitting a putt on the, the wrong side, and you just get the, the lucky member lean into the hole. You know, That's kind of how that one was. We used to laugh. Uh, we actually had in layup lines you know, when we were growing up, we would try to get creative. On, and we actually named
3: what Jordan did a casual layup. OK, because it was very casual, very casual. business casual. <laughs> All right. Just uh, if you're just joining us, uh, the Jazz did win. They moved to twenty seven and seven on the season. Um, just a little review of the stat line. Thirty one points for Donovan Mitchell, 10 of 19 shooting, six assists, four rebounds, 25 of those 31 points coming in the second half as he was just terrific, particularly in the third quarter. Jordan Clarkson with 18 coming in off the bench, 7 of 16 shooting, but Jordan had six boards and five assists. Jazz had 29 assists tonight on 45 uh, made field goals, so uh, doing a, a good job moving the ball around. Seven of those assists were from Joe Ingles, who was in the starting lineup again tonight. Jazz now 7-0 and with Joe in the starting lineup in place of Mike Conley. Who was uh, being cautious with that hamstring? But Joe Ingles, seventeen points, seven assists, had a couple of rebounds as well. Joe was seven of thirteen from the field, three of eight from three. Um, Rudy Gobert, twelve points, sixteen boards, a couple of blocks. Uh, George Niang, after not getting any field goals against my uh, field goal attempt, excuse me, against Miami, he had a nice night tonight: thirteen points, five of eight shooting, three of five from three. And then Derek Favors doing what Derek Favors does, just going three for four from the field, ten points six rebounds. That's got to be frustrating for teams. And and I know that Derek is not Rudy because there's no other person on this planet that is Rudy Gobert, but it's got to be tough for other teams, bigs to really not get a break. I mean, they're going up against a pretty dynamic player uh, for the full 48, man. It's
1: and you know, you, you Rudy just, he, he unintentionally hits you with the elbows in the side of the head. Cause he's so big. Right. And then you get this guy like favors. It's just built and you're just going to come in and, and be really really physical with you. So, uh it really does play in Rudy's favor, you know, through the duration of the game because when Faves comes in, he's he's kind of softening those other bigs up.
3: Yeah, that's it's it's certainly a lot of different from from Tony Bradley. And I always feel weird about pointing that out cuz I do think that Tony Bradley was pretty amazing the way he stepped into that backup big role last year, but I mean Derek Favors is Derek Favors, just a much, much better player. And the the Jazz bench unit is is so much better this year as a result. And I haven't said it for a couple of broadcasts, but his hands,
1: okay? Yeah. His hands. I just, he touches it, he catches it. If it's an offensive rebound, it's one hand, it's two. He gets it. It was like Velcro.
3: Gordon and I got in this argument about how basketball players could play tight end because there's not much skill to playing tight end. No offense to the tight ends out there, you know, compared to some other positions on the football field, you know, run out there and catch it. And blocking may be a different story, but we were talking about LeBron being a tight end. Can you imagine Derek Favors with those hands as a tight end? Maybe you would need a little speed, but Forget I mean, just it. go throw it up. You know, he's coming down with it. Just just, just put it up high. He's going to grab it, and he's coming down with it. <laughs>
1: we talk about Orlando living in the mid-range. Maybe you could just do a five-yard button hook all the way down the field. The whole
3: way. All right, five more. We're going to line up left this time, Derek. <laughs> Red yeah. zone offense would be amazing. You you're inside it. the twenty. You're like, listen, Derek, just go anywhere in the end zone, just anywhere, just, just, and then turn around and stop and wait for us to throw it high. <laughs> That's because it's coming. All you're gonna need to do is just jump up there and get it and with those those paws. Man, he'd come down with everyone. <laughs>
1: Death by button hook.
3: <laughs> I don't know if Derek Favors a football player. Sometimes taller taller people don't work out so well. But I'll tell you what, as that tight end, I think it would work. Uh, but Derek Favors, yeah, those those hands, and he's got that chemistry on the pick and roll with a number of different players, and it's just a, a real luxury. And, you know, talking about depth, you, you lose a player like Mike Conley, or not lose, excuse me, but you miss him tonight, of course, and and you don't really miss a beat. I mean, I think it says a lot about how many really good players are on this roster. And
1: and how versatile they are. You know, that's that's the other part that everybody is capable of doing a little bit. And, you know, like you said in the, in the pregame, joe is the backup point guard um but he's a starting point guard in the nba and um you know he comes out and does a great job of of getting the jazz into everything and but he's been really aggressive too but yeah the depth and the versatility along with the depth
3: so uh the next game for the jazz before we get some final thoughts on this one from you you know we should mention it zion and the pelicans brandon ingram and company we saw brandon ingram have uh Uh, some big moments against the Jazz last year. And uh, Zion Williamson, one of the more unique players, he's an all-star this year. He's averaging almost 26 points per game. And uh, he'll be a unique guard for this team on Monday, there's no doubt.
6: Yeah,
1: and just looking quickly at their profile without really digging into it since we've looked at them, um, we talked about how uh, Orlando lives in the mid-range. This team lives at the rim. I mean, it is... They use uh, kind of a red color to, to show where they are definitely ranking high. And um, where Orlando doesn't get to the rim, it lives in the mid-range. This team is all about getting to the rim, which doesn't surprise you with Steven Adams and Zion Williamson and, and Ingram's ability. Um, you know, they they're definitely got some guys in there.
3: You know, the thing with the Pelicans, I don't know if this is more of a comment on the West or if it's comment on the Pelicans, but they're in 11th place at 14 and 18. I thought that they would be better. I don't know if I thought that they'd be competing for a top five seed in the West, but I thought that they would be better.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. Um, you know, and really I, 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 haven't seen enough of them to know, you know, what their issues have been. I think when, when the jazz played them, you know, I think the comment we made was there, we, we talk about how important spacing is and with their lineup, there yeah. isn't, there isn't a whole a lot, lot of, of premium. Yeah. on spacing because those big guys are in there. Zion's trying to operate. Adams is trying to operate. And just by virtue of their personnel, the the, the spacing is going to be as good.
3: All right. Uh, with that, uh, let's get some final thoughts from you, Coach Lacombe, before we turn the page on that one. Well, it was an important one because it was a
1: bounce back. Um, and we have not lost two in a row since that, that fateful day in New York. Yep. Um, and so I, I think that's the most important thing. There's a bounce back. I think there was uh, attention to detail tonight. Um, you know, I, I would imagine Quinn really challenged him to to play on attack, play with force, move the ball quicker. That was that was evident. There wasn't as much the ball sticking tonight. And then um, the last piece is, you know, I think Quinn really challenged him on the rebounding. I don't think rebounding should be uh, something that ever really hurts this team. Um, I think it's, it's a weapon the Jazz can use, but it, it's awful when, you know, in like that Miami game that rebounding hurts you. So for them to come back and, and really make rebounding – a huge part of this game in and, and something that they were way better than Orlando at. Um, you know, that was a that,
3: that was a real positive. Don't look now, uh, Coach, but your Cougs are putting it on St. Mary's pretty good down there in Provo, 48-33, to 33, 7 minutes and 50 seconds left to go in the second half. Yeah, and how about the Utes beat uh, USC yeah. tonight? Yeah, took care of business against USC. Uh, USU beat Nevada last night. Weaver beat Sac State twice this weekend. And Weaver got a football victory today against Idaho State a good week for the local guys in two sports. Awesome. Yeah, how about that? So this would be a big win certainly for BYU. All right, we want to say thanks to David Lock and Ron Boone doing a great job bringing you all the action tonight as usual. Uh, Thanks to John Kiefer for doing a great job as our basketball or our uh, broadcast assistant tonight. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, also known as Lundy, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller, Subaru the title sponsor of the post-game show. Uh, find out where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And as always, Coach Lacombe, thank you very much, sir. Always fun to hang out on a Saturday night with you.
1: Makes it easy when you've got a great point guard.
3: <laughs> hey, enjoy your Sunday. Get a little R&R. I will. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll see you back Monday night. Uh, Next up for the Utah Jazz, they take on uh, the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday night. uh, Tip off will be at six. Pregame will be at five. But your final from Orlando: one twenty four to one oh nine. Jazz meet the Magic. They move to twenty seven and seven on the season. And of course, you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.